Vicky, Teresa, Jinster, Pepper Potts is on as a moderator today. <laughs> How is everybody doing? It's Supernatural Saturday. Greetings from Milwaukee. Hey, my old stomping grounds. Good to see you. Uh, Paul Gonzalez is on. Hey, Paul, what's going on uh, on Facebook? Looks like Cheryl is on, too, on Facebook. Hey, from Jamie, Texas, Utah, Montana, SoCal. How's everybody doing? Hey, Jason, what's going on? Let me get this shared out on Facebook real quick. And we'll get cracking on our Supernatural Saturday. Hey, another one from Arizona. Cool. Getting warm. Getting warm here in the Valley of the Sun. Is indeed. Uh, let's see. I need to share this onto my page. Hey, Julie and Pepper. Uh, I, 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 I caught, obviously I caught your broadcast. Really good broadcast uh, this morning. I, I really enjoyed it. It was very good. Uh, thank you for not going over <laughs> the time. <laughs> that was good. All right, post it out on my Facebook page. 54 degrees where you are. Someone's in uh, New York, Jonesboro, Arkansas, in North Carolina. I made Sharia law illegal. Oh, there you go. Humid in Houston. It's always humid in Houston, for Pete's sake, isn't it? Isn't it always humid in Houston? I've I've only been there a few times. I've never, only on a plane. And you, you get out of the plane, and it's like, <sighs> Humid as can be. That's just why I live in the desert. Rainy in Florida. And it is sunny and hot in the Phoenix area today. All right. So, uh, hot in Charleston. Heat index 106. Yeah, well, we have air conditioning and we have a little pool. So, <laughs> I might take a dip this afternoon if it gets hot. All right. Uh, hey, Diane Devine and Leslie on Facebook and Nancy. All right. Uh, Got to get going here on my lesson for today. We're continuing our journey through the book, Divine Healing Made Simple. It was the first book that I published back in, I, think, I actually published this at the end of uh, 2012. And we didn't actually it start selling it until 2013, January 2013. It is the first of 12 books that I've published. And uh, it is probably, arguably, the most popular book that, that we've published. People really seem to like the book. They enjoy it a lot. Get a lot of really amazing testimonies from people who have uh, learned a lot from the book, learned about God, learned about the kingdom, learned about healing. And... I, I go in in depth in the book into the you know, the basics of healing, the identity of God, the identity of believers, uh, things like power and authority and how you release power and how you exercise authority to get people healed. We talk about deliverance. I've covered all these chapters. We're now in chapter 27, which is the second last chapter in the book. And we are now getting to a place where uh, 
we're going to talk about the future of healing. All right. Now, I have had hundreds and pro you know, probably, honestly, probably over 400 or 500 dreams about healing since 2008. Uh, God talks to me a lot through dreams, and he has had a lot to say about healing. And I've learned a lot about healing because, well, I used to be an atheist. And not, not only did I not know about healing, I didn't know anything about the supernatural, and I didn't believe in God. So he had to teach me quite a bit. He had to teach me everything. And it is good. You can learn a lot from the scriptures, but there is nothing like learning from the Holy Spirit. He can personalize a lesson for you and teach you specifically things that you need to know. So I've been a student in the Holy Spirit High School. Hey, Susan Melanie Storm is on here. Hey, Susan. Uh, the novel is coming out soon that I think you may be interested in reading. Uh, we'll talk about that at the end of the broadcast. <laughs> um, all right. So God speaks to me a lot through dreams, and he's given me a lot of revelation about healing and deliverance and emotional healing. We've covered those in previous chapters and previous broadcasts. So now we're going to talk about the future of healing. And in this uh, broadcast, I want to talk about two dreams that I had. And they're, they're in the I'm just going to read one of the dreams right from the book because I don't want to make a mistake and misquote myself. On June 8th, 2010, all right, so nine years ago, I had a dream that contained two scenes. In the first scene, I watched a presentation in which a new kind of airplane module was being demonstrated. In which a new kind of, let's, all right, in, it was built, the module was built using advanced technology. The module was designed to withstand any type of crash. It was, it held a small crew of no more than five people. The crew that would occupy the module received diverse and specialized training. But their primary function was as a medical team. They were given advanced equipment to use for their mission. The module was going to be retrofitted onto all passenger airlines. In the dream, it was known, it was a well-known fact that airliners would be crashing in the future. The retrofit of the module was done to ensure the survival of a handful of people when the airplanes crashed. Once an airplane crashed, the module would separate from it, from the fuselage, and it would open. The crew would be unharmed by the impact, and they would get out of the module, and they would survive wherever they were. Part of the demonstration that I watched what in the dream explained the training that the crew went through, which allowed them to survive even in the most hostile environment. It was known to everyone that the airplanes would crash in hostile territory. This was the end of the first part of the dream. In the second part, I watched the technology for the new module being developed. It was a very technical dream, and it was kind of a conceptual dream, and I don't really remember the details of it. And that was the end of that dream. So commercial airliners in dreams. Now, when you're going to interpret a dream, the first thing you need to do is interpret whether it is literal or symbolic. 
And I have a lot of literal dreams, uh, but I also have quite a few symbolic dreams. In this one, what I look at to determine if it's going to be literal or symbolic is if there is anything in the dream that cannot be taken literally, the entire dream is probably symbolic. And this is a principle that I've learned from reading books on dream interpretation, uh, particularly, um, oh, honey, what's that guy's name? Uh, either James Gall or Ira Milligan. Ira Milligan's book, Understanding the Dreams You Dream. He talks quite a bit about how to interpret dreams, literal versus symbolic. So this is obviously a symbolic dream, not a literal one. And <clears throat> so airplanes and airliners, commercial airliners, tend to represent large groups of people in society. Sometimes uh, a large airliner will represent the church, the body of church believers. Right Now you can interpret the dream one of two ways. You can interpret it as speaking to society at large or the church at large, either, either one, maybe both. But crashes tend to happen suddenly, and they talk about sudden changes. Now, in this dream, we knew that all the airliners were going to be crashing <clears throat> in the future. And they didn't all crash at the same time. They crashed, they were going to be crashing over a period of time. They would be crashing in hostile locations. And there would be a crew that was trained and equipped and prepared to survive impact, right? So symbolically, working your way through the dream, uh, it seems to portray a future event where uh, <laughs> there are going to be some significant changes to either the church or society at large, where a number of people will be hurt or damaged, or their ability to survive will be compromised. But some people will be trained in, in advance, ready to deal with that situation. And in the dream, although they had a diversity of training, their primary goal was the study of medicine. Now, again, if the dream is symbolic, and I have a lot of dreams about healing, it, I don't think it's likely that the dream is literally talking about medicine, Medicine symbolically speaks of healing, divine healing, right? So this dream, I think, was a portrayal of a coming event or a series of events after which it would become very important for us to learn about healing. Now, I don't know if this speaks about a collapse of a healthcare system or uh, a collapse of society. I, I don't know. I don't know what event would happen that would cause divine healing to become a very important issue. But that's kind of how I interpret that dream. Now, I want to talk about a second dream. <clears throat> this dream I had on July 4th. And this dream was July 4th, 2010, the same year. Uh, in that dream, <clears throat> it took place, I knew that this dream took place in the far distant future. In the dream, divine healing was seen as a scientific and highly organized field of study and practice. All right? So healing, divine healing at that point was not seen as some kind of woo-woo, magical, weird, bizarre thing. 
it was a highly organized, respected uh, and, uh, field of study. All right. I was a specialist in one type of healing that involved seeing the medical condition of a patient and praying for their healing out of what I saw. Now, I want to stop here because when I was, my very first experience with God, they had to do with healing. I had a dream, and in the dream, I met God. And he told me, I'm going to show you what is wrong with your patients. And I want you to pray for them. And when you do, I'll heal them. But I, I often kind of overlook the fact that God told me he's going to show me what is wrong with them. And then I'm supposed to pray for them. So God was telling me, I'm going to reveal to you secret things about your patients that you don't know through visions. Now, I had never seen a vision at that point. I didn't know how to see visions. I didn't know I could see visions. I didn't even believe in visions, I don't think. But God told me he's going to show me what's wrong with my patients. So I had to develop my ability to see visions in order to see what he wanted to show me. And I have a book that I wrote called Seeing in the Spirit Made Simple. And it I, I kind of walked the process of how God trained me to see visions, to see in the spiritual world. All right. So my part in this dream, in the second dream, I was one of a group of people. We all prayed in different ways. The way I prayed was I saw things in the spirit and I prayed from what I saw through revelation. I had a job in the in uh, and my profession was a healer in this dream. When I came to work, I would log into a workstation and I would review a video file of the person's condition, the person who I was going to pray for. I would pray for them from the visions that I saw and my prayer was recorded. It became a part of their permanent record. Four different specialists were involved in the healing process. Each specialist prayed in a different way. Each patient received prayer from all four kinds of people. And in every case, every person we prayed for was completely healed. That was the end of the dream. Now, <laughs> just again, looking at this prophetically and interpreting it. For, by the way, the, the dream was on July 4th. And in the dream, there were four different types of people who prayed in four different ways. Symbolically, four, the four winds of the earth, the four corners of the earth, uh, four tends to four compass points, north, south, east, and west, the four points of the compass. Four tends to symbolize prophetically uh, something that has a global impact. It impacts the entire world, the entire globe. That's one of the meanings of, of the number four. All right. So... In the future, in this dream, I would pray for somebody out of what I saw, and then they would, my prayer would become part of their record. Their video file, their record would then go on to somebody else who would pray in a different way. It would then go on to somebody else who would pray in a different way. It would go on to a fourth person who would pray in a different way. And in this experience, in the future, everybody was always healed. Without question, everyone was always healed. Now, uh, what I have learned over the last 
10 years is that there are many different aspects to healing. Healing is not, first of all, healing is not a question of begging God to heal somebody. That's not how healing works. Healing has a lot of components. Part of healing involves releasing power. We are conduits, we are vessels, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And when we would learn to release the power of the Holy Spirit, that power goes into people and heals them. That's one aspect of healing. There's also authority. If you're going to do deliverance, you use authority, you exercise authority, you command demons to leave. If you want to get rid of a bacterial infection, what did, what did, what did Peter do? I'm sorry, what did Jesus do when he went to the house of Peter's mother? She had a fever. He rebuked the fever and it left, right? <laughs> Jesus spoke to the fever. He rebuked it and it left. He exercised authority, okay? Um, there are many different ways that you can, that you can uh, get people healed. With cancer, I tend to make decrees. Uh, there are some people who need work on their DNA. There are some people who need work in generational issues. There are many different things, and, and, almost, and everyone needs emotional healing. Everyone needs emotional healing. Uh, so I, I have learned over the course of time that we need to work together as a, as a group, as a body. We need to learn how to function and operate in emotional healing and deliverance, authority and power. Sometimes it's generational issues. Sometimes it's DNA things. Many different components involved in the healing process. But what God was telling me in this dream is if we work together, if our, our, our sick people go from one person and maybe get emotional healing and go to someone else, maybe get physical healing, go to someone else, get you know some generational work or whatever, or whatever their issues are, if we continue going from one person to the next, finding people who specialize in certain things, because I specialize in some things and I have very little experience in others. So it is. I have people that I know who do a lot of work on generational curses and things of that nature, and they've had a lot of success. It's not my specialty. I don't deal with that. Uh, I tend to work a lot with emotional trauma, and I tend to work a lot with uh, releasing power and authority. And those are the areas that I, I tend to specialize in, right? And I also pray a lot out of visions, words of knowledge, things that God shows me. Uh, so. Again, we, we all have different abilities, different ways of hearing God's voice, different ways of praying for people. And uh, that, that, is, that is kind of the, it's kind of the secret sauce for healing. All right, hang on a second. We've got a question here. My dog has a heart problem. Can he be healed? Yes, you can absolutely get, get animals healed. I know a lot of people who have prayed. I have prayed for animals, and they've been healed. I have a lot of friends who pray for animals and see they see them healed all the time. Uh, very, very much doable. Looking for questions here. Oh, Lisa Sellers is on here. Good morning, Grasshopper. 
<laughs> Not our will, but God's will. And it is God's will that we be healed. Look at Jesus. He healed everyone who came to him. How do you know when it's just time for animals to cross over? Uh, ask God. He'll tell you. How do you pray for yourself? You pray for yourself the same way you pray for anybody else. When I have back pain, I just put my hand on my back where it hurts, and I command the pain to leave. Like if I'll close my eyes, I might see a spirit of pain. I command the spirit of pain to leave. I command ligaments, nerves, tendons, muscle, bone to be healed, just like I pray for anybody else. And you can definitely pray for yourself and get healed. Have I ever seen healing for traumatic brain injury? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I know a lot of testimonies of people that have been healed of traumatic brain injuries. That is actually not that difficult. Uh, traumatic injuries of any kind are not that hard to get healed. If your family member is addicted to pain medications or addicted to anything, they probably need emotional healing. Uh, addiction tends to be have a root cause in emotional trauma. If you can get them healed of the emotional trauma, usually you can get the addiction to leave. It's, it's demonic, and the demonic uh, stronghold is usually emotional trauma. How do you know which healing to use, asked Barbara. You ask the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus said, son can do nothing but what he sees the father doing. And the reason why God gives us visions, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, he gives us revelation specific to the person so that because he knows what their issue is, he knows what is necessary. So you ask the Lord and he shows you, he tells you. And yes, you can go to the courts of heaven. Uh, <laughs> you certainly can, and I highly recommend it. How do I define a good Christian? I don't. Jesus was a good Christian. He was actually uh, the most uh, excellent model of a uh, Christian of all time. So we should try to be like him. Jesus was the most normal Christian who ever lived. <laughs> all right. If you, someone asked, why was the Apostle Paul not healed of a pain in his side? Actually, in the second or third chapter of my book, Divine Healing, I go into the questions that people have, like, what about Paul's thorn in the flesh? Why wasn't Paul healed? Why wasn't Epaphroditus healed? I talk about all those things. I dig through the scriptures, and I come up with the truth of their condition, uh, the situation that was going on, because there's a lot of misunderstanding about those things. People can disqualify themselves from healing because they think their sin isn't forgiven. They think God is angry with them. They think God is trying to teach them something, none of which is true. Autism can be healed. I know of three people who have testimonies of healing autism. One was a partial miracle that happened very quickly, and it wasn't a full recovery from autism, but it was a dramatic recovery. 
and that was a few years ago. Actually, that was a testimony, a video that I posted on my website. A second healing testimony of autism is interesting. I have this Facebook friend uh, named Sharon, and her son was diagnosed with autism very young. She prayed over him year after year after year after year, and he would see neurologists every year. And every year he got better and better and better and better until his 18th birthday. He went in to see his neurologist, and the neurologist said, I, you know, this is the craziest thing, but you don't have autism anymore. You have no symptoms of it. He progressively got healed over the course of about 17, 18 years. So, yes, autism can be healed. Uh, Lou Gehrig's disease can be healed. Uh, Wendy Moore. <clears throat> Wendy Moore was a paramedic, is, was a paramedic. Uh, Wendy lives in Michigan. She was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. She got weaker and weaker, muscle atrophy. She had to go off the ambulance. She ended up working dispatch, and she progressively got weaker and weaker over the course of about a year and a half as the disease progressed. They ruled out everything. They, she had went through all the, the standard tests, and she definitely had Lou Gehrig's disease. But her family prayed over her and prayed over her and prayed over her. She put scripture verses up on sticky notes around her house, and at about a year and a half, her symptoms started to reverse, and they kept praying and kept praying and kept praying and kept commanding and kept doing all that stuff. And then after a year and a half later, she went in, got a neurological exam, and she had no symptoms. And she has been symptom-free ever since then. Uh, that testimony is on my YouTube channel if you want to find it. It's Wendy Moore. She was healed of ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. Kazuko. <laughs> Kazuko is on here. Kazuko, emotional healing is the key, isn't it? When you find people that can't be healed, can't be healed. Uh, if you will work with them and do some emotional healing, you will eventually find out that they can be healed if you start with the emotional trauma first. I, I do that now. If anyone who comes to me who says, hey, you know, I've had prayer, I haven't been healed, I always just say, look, we just need to start with emotional trauma and get some emotional healing. Because a lot of the symptoms that people have are rooted in emotional uh, trauma. Uh, Lyme disease. I have seen a number of people healed of Lyme disease. Uh, Lyme disease is, if I'm not mistaken, it's a it's an infection, and you get you know fever, and you get all these body aches and symptoms. When I pray for Lyme disease, generally the Lord shows me something like a microscope slide, a round circle of light, and I see a lot of little bacteria and or viruses in this in this uh, circle of light. And I command those things to die, the bacteria, and I keep commanding them to die and go away and leave and get out of here. And, and I just kind of rebuke these, the, the virus or the bacteria. This works for bacterial or viral infections, which Lyme disease is, uh, it's essentially what it is. And I continue making those commands until I see in the circle of light that there's nothing there. I have a Facebook friend who was healed of Lyme disease uh, 10 years ago. And I, I've seen other people healed of Lyme disease. Uh, fibromyalgia and chronic pain syndromes, chronic fatigue, things like that, uh, emotional trauma. Joan Hunter, 
we found out over the course of a period of time where she was doing a lot of emotional healing on people who had fibromyalgia, and it, she found out it was almost all related to emotional trauma. Um, spirits of pain that attach to uh, places in your soul that have been traumatized. Yeah, Kazuko has found out too, if someone's got fibromyalgia, pray for them for emotional healing and usually the pain will go away. Chronic migraines. Uh, I've seen a lot of chronic migraines healed, actually. Uh, again, I will pray, out, usually out of revelation. I ask the Lord to show me what, what the, the key is. You learn to see in the Spirit. Sometimes you'll see demonic devices. Uh, my friend Matt Evans is very good at seeing demonic devices. He will look at people, and sometimes he'll see like a metal band around their head in the spirit, he'll walk up and clip off the band and the person's headaches will be gone. Sometimes demonic devices, sometimes there's actually a neurological deficit. You might see, the Lord might show you something in their neurology, in their nervous system that's that needs to be healed. Could be a demonic thing. Again, you just have to ask the Lord to show you what it is uh, that needs to be healed. <laughs> Do we have to attend a church building, Nancy says? No, you don't. Um, the church is not a building. We are doing church right now. The church, the New Testament word church, ecclesia in Greek, is a gathering of people. And we have a few <clears throat> hundred people gathered here. And that's what I do. I do church meetings, second Saturday of the month, online. Uh, and this is, this is how I do church. My, my church is online every day. I am praying for people, receiving prayer requests, and teaching, training, mentoring uh, new believers. And this is my ministry, and it's all online, almost all of it. All right. What about grief? Isaiah 53, he bore our griefs and sorrows. By his stripes we were healed. Jesus took our griefs and sorrows on the cross, which means we do not have to carry them anymore. We don't have to bear our, our, our grief, our sorrow, our sadness, our, our pain, uh, shame, anger, all those emotions. That's what emotional healing does. You give those emotions to him and he takes them away. And look, I, I did a, a phone call with a friend of mine whose, whose wife had died suddenly, very unexpectedly. She wasn't sick. She just suddenly died. And this guy called me. He was devastated. Uh, and you can imagine, you know, what happens when, you're, when your spouse dies all, all of a sudden and there wasn't a long protracted illness. And he had a lot of grief, and he had a very heavy heart and a lot of sorrow. And over the phone, I just talked to him for about 10 minutes, and I, I had him give the grief and give the sorrow to Jesus and had asked Jesus to heal the wound in his soul. And by the time we got off the phone, all of his grief, 
all of his sorrow, all the negative emotions of her death were completely gone. And once he heals you of those feelings, they will not come back. Now you may have those feelings related to another incident. Then you need to go to that incident, find the, that memory, find those emotions, give them to Jesus, let him heal you. Uh, and that's kind of the process that I do. <clears throat> All right. Uh, schizophrenia. I would go with the emotional healing and deliverance. I've got a friend, uh, Krista Bontrager, who was healed of bipolar. So was her husband. And emotional healing and deliverance took care of it all. <clears throat> Going through uh, questions here. See if there's any more questions I can answer. All right. I want to talk real quick before I go. So I'm working on this book. I'm actually working on several books. Um, the Q books are going well, but I, my novel is going to be finished first. Um, I've been working on this novel <clears throat> since 2013. <laughs> yes, I began writing these series of short stories six years ago on Facebook as a way to illustrate the principles of physical healing, emotional healing, and deliverance. Because People in our circle of friends, some of them were having a hard time understanding these these ideas of principles. And Steve Harmon was involved in the process uh, as we were teaching this on Facebook. And I thought, you know, what people really need is they need uh, a story. They need a fictional story to help them understand these ideas. So I started writing these stories on Facebook. And I wrote about, I don't know, 12 or 13 of them, 14 of them. And I would post them on Facebook uh, about a week or two in between each episode. Just a short story with a cliffhanger at the end to illustrate these ideas. I got 12 or 13 of them written and everyone's like, you gotta write a novel, you gotta turn this into a novel. And I was like, oh man, no, no, I don't wanna write a novel, but I did. Uh, I've been working on this novel. Uh, my editor, Amy, and I have been editing it for the last year and a half. It has, been, it has been a very interesting road, learning how to write fiction, develop characters, to write uh, dialogue and create believable characters. But the novel is finished. Um, I'm going to be handing it over to Denise this weekend and she'll be flowing it into InDesign and we'll have our next book published very soon. And if you're interested in learning about healing and emotional trauma, uh, and if you'd like to be amused and entertained and cry quite a bit, keep a box of tissues handy. Uh, the novel will be out probably in the next week or so, hopefully, if we can get it done in a week. But it's coming out soon. It is going to be, I think it'll be a really good training and equipping uh, book for people who want to know about these things but would like to be entertained as they're learning. Um, 
I've worked long and hard on this book. I've consulted a lot of people who've had a lot of success in various aspects of healing. And I think this book is going to help a lot of people understand not just about healing, uh, things like emotional trauma, but also it is going to help people understand the real heart of God and the real heart of Jesus, who he really is. Uh, God the Father and Jesus play very prominent roles in the book. And that's all I'm going to say for now about the book. But I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> movie. Uh, I am working with a, a, a screenwriter on a Q uh, topic. I'm writing a bunch of books. I've got the first Q book done, working on the second and third ones. Um, I got in touch with a screenwriter uh, last week who wants to talk about the Q books for a potential screenplay. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, yes, Bogren, Kazuko. Bogren is the main character in the story, and uh, he has a lot of misadventures. Uh, <laughs> all right. And Joe, by the way, what is the name of the healing book? The name of the healing book that I wrote is called Divine Healing Made Simple. And Joe Pappas, thank you very much. Joe sent me a cassette tape uh, recording of C.S. Lewis reading his book, The Four Loves. I'm, I'm ecstatic. I can't wait to listen to it. Um, I didn't know that C.S. Lewis actually read any of his own books, but Joe sent me a cassette tape version of C.S. Lewis reading the four loves. I'm going to record it, and then Joe, I'll get it back to you. Uh, so thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, the healing rooms. Healing rooms has some good information on emotional healing. Uh, there's a lot of different resources and ministries out there that specialize in emotional healing. Elijah House is very good. Uh, I recommend people get connected to someone like that. Um, actually, Freedom Encounters does good work on uh, emotional healing and deliverance. There's a lot of different good ministries out there. Uh, if you need emotional healing, um, get it. It will change your life. Absolutely will change your life. Okay, that's it. That is all for our episode for this month. I will let you go. Love you all. Take care. Keep Denise and I in prayer. Keep the president in prayer. Keep Q and the team in prayer. Uh, had an interesting dream last night real quick before I go. In the dream, a clock, a countdown clock, I saw something like a countdown clock that had stopped. It had been paused. And it was represented by people on social media who were talking about the exposure of corruption. And the conversations had been paused for a while. And so in the dream, I saw the clock was unpaused and the countdown started again. And people began talking about these things. Again, it was like a rain delay and the rain delay had ended and now it was time to start the clock again. So, I think we're back on the countdown clock with respect to the Ravi. Ravi Zacharias is, oh, sorry, Ravi, Ravi Kapoor is on here from India. Hey, Ravi, it is so good to see you. Uh, 
Very good to see you, my brother. I will check to see if you have sent me any private messages. I'm sorry I haven't been reading messages on Twitter or Facebook. I've been really working on getting this novel done. I've worked the entire week editing. That's really all I've done is editing. And I really want to get this novel published. <laughs> TikTok. Hey, wind the clock. It's time. All right. That is going to do it. I love you all. Take care. Catch you on the next broadcast.